This Christmas, our church is focusing on two simple words, unplanned Christmas. Yes, we all know that lots of things are planned at Christmas, probably the most planned time of the year. But we also know that there are times at Christmas where unplanned surprises happen, and not just at Christmas time. And, and it seems like the unplanned things that will happen in our lives kind of steal away the joy of the planned things. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you wrap your gifts under the tree, and then you wake up in the morning, and you know, maybe your, your dog got into the presents and you know, spread them out all over the place. That happened one time when I was a child, and uh, our Christmas was ruined. Of course, we you know, got some more presents and stuff. But the unplanned things do happen in our lives amongst the very planned things at Christmas time. And so as we're getting into the series, and we are week three, I do want to share with you just a couple of uh, review points about the last couple of weeks. The first week we talked about divine distractions and, and regarding the planned scheme of God at Christmas time, we were not able to see that as, human, as mankind. The reason why, because God had a way to sort of distract what he was doing in the world. And the reason why is because there was an evil one in the world who had every intent to block what God was doing by sending his son Jesus. Satan, Lucifer, knew that one day God would send Jesus into the world. And he even knew, because there's, it says in scripture, that he would be uh, born in Bethlehem. He would come from Bethlehem. And as, as a prophet, share that. But as as God sort of unfolded this, he used distractions, sort of uh, things such as time and crowds and those kinds of things to where it distract people from what was really going on. And not only people, but Satan himself. I mean, the way to bring Jesus into the world, um, if you look at the whole Christmas story, God did it as a sort of a co covert operation, a secret mission as Jesus, we see the birth of Jesus. And so our first week, which you can look, uh, listen to that online at lakepointonline.com, it's all about divine distractions. God will use divine distractions in your life as well. And so when there are distractions in your life, what is he really doing in your life? Because God, for those who love God, he wants to do great stuff, okay? He works everything for good for those who love him. That's biblical truth. That's a principle. And so as we love him, as we obey him and walk in him, he's going to take every situation and work it towards our good. So the distractions, the interruptions, the unplanned things that's happened in our life, it very well could be something that is more divine than what we realize. Last week, uh, we talked about uh, an unjust Christmas and how just things were just unfair, there were lots of things that were unfair about what Mary and Joseph had to go through. You know, Mary and Joseph, they did not do anything to deserve some of the things they faced. Some of the things they faced, we talked about this last week, was, were accusations, false accusations, a, a relocation, rejection, couldn't stay in an inn, even though you're pregnant, you had to, you had to stay where the animals are. Evil intentions by King Herod, there were several things that were just unfair 
that Mary and Joseph had to go through. And we talked about last week how even though things are unjust or unfair, that Jesus is our vindicator, our champion against things that are unjust and unfair. Because the very things that Mary and Joseph had to go through, Jesus went through later on in his life. He was falsely accused. He had, to, he had to relocate from heaven to earth. He was rejected and despised, and he was surrounded by evil intentions. So some of those things that happen, the unjust, the things that are unfair, yes, they do happen in our lives, but it's comforting to know that Jesus Christ faced those very same things. So you and I cannot walk in this life saying, God, you just don't understand. Because he does. He does understand. He knows the things you want. That's the beauty of Jesus coming into the world as human flesh. To feel those things, the same things, the hurt, the rejection, the pain that you and I have felt and will continue to feel in our lives. So we come to this third week, and today I want us to focus on, as we're continuing to look at this, this theme of unplanned Christmas, I want us to look at how we can be courageous, how we can have a courageous Christmas. And really, it's not just about Christmas, it's beyond Christmas. But I want us to look some elements and actually groups of people in the Christmas story to see how each group responded to the events, the unplanned, sort of quote unquote, unplanned events that were happening at Christmas and how they responded and what we could take away from that and how ultimately you and I can walk in courage. Because guess what? God's plan is for you to walk courageously through the unplanned trials in your life. And so as we look at three different groups. The first group I want to look at is the crowd. The crowd. The, the seemingly unplanned events around the Christmas story not only affected Mary and Joseph, because it affected the entire Roman Empire. Because God moved into the heart of Caesar and caused him to desire a census of the entire Roman world. It's kind of a prideful thing to think, hey, I want to see all the people, the numbers of people and their names and people and their family and all the people that I control. And so God moved in the heart of Caesar to cause a census. And that was really kind of part of what we talked about the, the first week of, of a distraction. But God caused it, and so when it happened, it, it affected the entire Roman Empire, the entire Roman world. We see this play out in Luke chapter two, verse one through four. It says this, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while <clears throat> Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. So let me tell you about this crowd 
This is the first group we're going to talk about. This crowd, they were clueless as to what was going on. They were clueless of the, of the planned scheme of God, what God was doing. They were having, they were probably frustrated. They were having to do things for the government that they just didn't really want to do. I mean, it, 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 it was annoying to, to have to go and do this census. Now, some people, they may have lived in the same town they were born, but, they, but there were a lot of people who they had, to, they had to travel to the place and the origin of their family. And so, like the crowd, we can be clueless as to the unplanned events in our lives. And let me tell you, we don't want to be like the crowd. So what are some things, what are, what's a couple of uh, indications that you and I could be facing the unplanned things in our lives in, in a clueless way? We're, we're just not connecting it to the plan of God. Number one, selfish. Selfishness is a sign that you might be clueless about the unplanned surprises in your life. Um, if you make it about you and draw the attention back to you, then because of what you're going through, then it could be that you're just not connecting. You're clueless as to connecting what is happening with you to what God is doing around you. And so as, as, uh, as you and I have things that happen to us, our desire is to try to connect those things. And selfishness is something that can separate that. Now, let me do get this straight in the fact that there are times when, when the spotlight is on you. And there are times, and it, and it should be on you and your family. For instance, if you have a, a lost loved one, a lost family member, of course, the spotlight is going to be drawn to you. But it's different. It's one thing for the, the spotlight to be put on you because of a situation, and it's another thing altogether for you to move the spotlight and cause the attention to be placed upon you. So if you're walking in certain unplanned trials and frustrations and things in your life, if you're making it about you, that's a strong indication that you're not, you're not connecting. You cannot be selfish. We see that in the story in the crowd. They were very selfish. Imagine a pregnant woman, very pregnant woman, needing a room. And everybody in Bethlehem who had a room said no. The innkeepers, those who run in uh, the, the places, said no. Very selfish people. They didn't know what was going on. They were not connecting what was happening with them with where, what God was doing in the world. Second thing is, another indication that you and I can, you can see if, if, if we are clueless about our trials and about the unplanned things in our life, not only are we selfish, but we, we don't include God. God is not included in what we're going through. Um, if God is not involved with something in your life, you, you are making that choice because God is not, God does not choose to be absent in your life. It's not his nature. 
It's not in the nature of God for him to move out of your life. So if God is not involved in a situation, that's not God's choice. I need you to hear me on that. That is not God's choice. That is our choice. We're the ones who choose not for God to be involved and for God not to be included. The crowd did not have God involved. They were not watching. They were not waiting because if they were, if they did have God involved, if they did clue in the fact, hmm, I wonder if God is involved in this, and if they would have read the scriptures and have studied the prophets, if they were watching and waiting, then guess what? They would have been at the stable. They would have been there with Jesus. So don't be like the clueless crowd. Don't be, don't be clueless about the things that are happening in your life and how they are not connected to God because they are. So we need to, be clue, we need to uh, not be clueless. We, we don't need to be selfish, and we need to involve God in that. A second group I want us to look at is we're looking at three groups today. Not only are we looking at the crowd, but we're looking at the shepherds. So there were a, a group of shepherds who were, they were, they were working a job. They were, they were on the clock. And so they were out in the fields, and, and we actually see this, uh, the, the story of their narrative here in Luke chapter two, same chapter, verses eight through 18. And it says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So the shepherds, not only did this unplanned event of Christ's birth, and I say unplanned, it's very much planned by God, but in the eyes of, of humanity, it was, it was unplanned. And so it not only affected Mary and Joseph, and it not only affected the entire Roman Empire, but it also affected people around Bethlehem, and especially the shepherds who were out watching their flocks by night. You know, it's really interesting. No one made the shepherds go. I mean, the... I mean, I would, I would have gone. I, I, you probably would have too if an angel came and, and a host of angels and they told you about this. But the shepherds still had a choice. They chose to go. Now, they were not watching and waiting for, for the Messiah. Now, they, I, obviously, 
these shepherds were, were Jewish and they knew a Messiah would come one day. The, the prophets say that, but they, they were not out watching for something, a sign. They were not watching, and the, they were watching the stars, but maybe they didn't notice a new star was shining. But the shepherds, they went ahead and they chose willingly to go and find this child. And so the, things that, the thing that caused them to go was their curiosity. I mean, wouldn't you be curious if an angel came to you and said, hey, you ought to go check this out, right? You would be extremely curious. And so the second attribute that I want to talk about today is curiosity, how they were curious shepherds and how we can approach those unplanned things in our life. Now, how do you know if you're sort of, you're sort of walking in, in curiosity? Maybe there's something that happened in, in, in your job. Maybe something happened in your health, in your, in your family. Maybe there's something happening in your life, and you're just like, hmm, I'm a little bit curious about that. You're kind of looking into it. How do you know you're a little bit curious? Well, number one, you're open to the voice of God. You're open to the voice of God. You, you find yourself open to how God speaks to you through unplanned situations and curious about how it fits in your life. And so if you're curious, you're actually listening to what God is saying to you through other people or through circumstances or his word or through prayer. And so you're listening to, you're open to the voice of God. The shepherds, yeah, they were afraid at first, but they didn't, like, run away. <laughs> they didn't run, like, get out of here, and, and just, like, we don't want to hear, no, 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 stranger danger, you know, cover their ears and go off. That's not how they approached that. They listened to what the angels were saying, and so they were open to what the angels were telling them, and, and, and it's obvious because they're like, Hey, maybe we should go check this out. Maybe we should go see what's happening. They listened. You and I, when, when facing the unplanned events, not only at Christmas, but in our lives, we need to be open to the voice of God. Second thing we find is if we move from where we are, if we are moving from where we are in our situation, we know that we are curious. Because, it, again, the shepherds had a choice to go. If they decided, you know, the angel was pretty cool, the host of angels, never seen that before in my life, probably never will, but we've got sheep to take care of. I mean, I'm at my job, and I've got to, you know, please my boss or my family or whoever I answer to, and so it's just really not the right time, you know? If you're curious about what God is doing in your life, if you're curious about what's happening, then you're gonna move from where you are, just like the shepherds, as they moved towards Christ. If you're ignoring or walking away or closing your ears or not embracing to the why behind your unplanned surprise, then you are not curious. But it's interesting. Curious people 
are closer to finding Jesus in their unplanned situation. Curious people are closer to finding Jesus with their unplanned situation. Because the shepherds, the more they moved away from where they were in the fields, towards town, towards a stable, towards a baby in a manger, the closer they were to Jesus. And so, as you and I are curious about why is this happening? Hmm, let me listen to the voice of God. Let me see how he is speaking. And then to move away from where you are. And when I say move away from where you are, I mean move closer to what you hear God telling you. You're moving closer to where God is, just like the shepherds and the angels. The angels said, you need to go find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That's all you're getting. No address, just seek it, find it. And when you and I decide, you know what? God is telling me to do these things in my life in the midst of this unplanned junk that's happening. God is telling me to, to do this, and so I'm going to obey, and I'm gonna move from where I am, and I'm going to move closer to what he's telling me to do. Either he's telling you through other people, through God's word, through prayer, circumstances. You being here today could be, very well could be, a circumstance. You are here today for a reason. Everybody is here today. It was ordained from the beginning of time. God knew you were gonna be here in this service today to listen to this message, to think, hmm, that short guy on stage is telling me something and I might need to listen. And it's really the words of God. It's not my words. Even right now, Holy Spirit is speaking in my heart. And so I'm here to tell you you need to be a little more curious about your unplanned things and how they connect with God. Don't be clueless. Don't be like the crowd. Don't be clueless. At least be like a, like a shepherd who's curious, who listens to the voice of God and moves away from where you are closer to where Jesus is. Does that make sense? Just yeah, shake your head. It's okay. So we talked about the clueless crowd. We talked about the curious shepherds. And my final group is the courageous wise men. The courageous wise men. We see this in, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, their story. It reads out like this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the peoples, um, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. 
But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Let me stop there. That, that's an example. God, God's hiding a little bit. He's telling us where Jesus is born, but he's hiding the you know, exact information, the time, what's his name. I mean, he's Emmanuel, but that's not his name. That's a description. He's God with us. And so, you know, that's how God uses prophets. Verse seven, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Of course, we know later on in the story that King Herod ultimately murdered every two-year-old and younger male child. Of course, Jesus and Mary and Joseph escaped before that happened. Verse nine, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen where it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. What makes this group different from the others is the fact that they were courageous about the unplanned Christmas surprise. Yes, the, this Christmas unplanned event even affected people over 100 miles away in the far east. So how do you know if you're courageous about the unplanned surprises? How do you know when unplanned things happened in your life, how do you know that you are being courageous about them? That's a great question. It's a question I ask myself. And so as I looked at this passage and studied it, these are a few things that I noticed. Number one, you're gonna watch for signs. The wise men were not clueless about the birth of Jesus. They had the writings of the prophets. Even in Persia, okay, in the, in the Far East, and the reason they had those writings of the, of the prophets because when the nation of Israel were exiled to Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar and ultimately uh, attacked uh, Babylon and it became uh, Persia. And, and while they were there, they had, the, they had the writings, they had the prophets. They even had prophets who were there exiled with them. They kept those writings and they studied them. That's what wise men did. They studied, they looked at the stars, they were watching, sign, watching for signs everywhere. And so they were not clueless. In fact, they were waiting in expectation for the Messiah. They knew to be watching for a star. You are courageous about your unplanned surprises when you are watching for the signs. As soon as it happens, you connect the events to other signs happening in your life. Unplanned surprises don't happen as a solo. Let me say that again. Unplanned surprises 
don't happen as a solo. They happen as a duet, a trio, or even a chorus of other events, great and small, in your life. So you know that you're walking courageously when you're watching for signs. Immediately something happens, you're like, okay, what else is going on? What else is going on? Like, for instance, you could be driving down the road, and you get a speeding ticket. And you say, why did I get a speeding ticket? Well, obviously, you were speeding. Well, I normally go the speed in this road. It just so happened that a police officer was there, and you got a ticket. And you could be thinking, hmm, I wonder if maybe I got this ticket because maybe there's an accident that I was, you know. Now, you could use something like that. Students, I'm not giving you that permission, those who are drivers, to use that permission to say, hey, I got a ticket, but let me tell you something. I think God saved me from a life-ending wreck. We can't use something like that. But I know we can laugh at those kinds of things, but seriously, the things that are happening in our life, if we can connect it to other things, be watchful. Be watchful, because if we really look and see, oh, this is happening over here. This is happening with this person. This is happening at my work. This is happening over here. I, I met this new person. And so God is saying, look, connect it all together. Know what I'm doing. Be watchful. Watch for the signs. The number two indicator that you know that you're approaching your, your unplanned events is it, uh, in a courageous way is that you're ready for an adventure. You're ready for an adventure. Um, unplanned events will change you. Unplanned events will change you. You are meant to change, to be changed as God makes you into the person he designed you to be. We can approach our unplanned things in a mind of an adventure to say, all right, this is happening because God wants to change me or God wants to, wants to change someone close to me. God wants me to do something different. God wants me to go somewhere else. God wants me, and, and, and it's all, again, working out for your good. Now, even in bad situations, all working out for your good. You may say, well, Frank, those wise men, they were explorers. You may say, well, I'm not an explorer. Uh, I would venture to say that you're exploring something already. Are you, are you exploring the right things? Are you going on an adventure and exploring the right things. It could be that God wants you to go on an adventure with what he's doing in your life based on these unplanned trials, these unplanned frustrations, these unplanned events, and it could be that God is saying, hey, it's time. I need you to move. I need you to go on an adventure. Don't let fear keep you away from where God wants you to be. Don't be fearful of that. So watching for the signs, 
you're ready for an adventure. And the third thing we see that in the wise men, as obviously they were watching for signs, they were ready for an adventure, is you give something away. You give something away. You know, we, we find in scripture, the wise men did not take anything for themselves. Now obviously they took some things on the trip, but they didn't take something from somebody else for them. They only gave something away. The most courageous people I've seen who have walked or are currently walking in unplanned trials are giving something away. The wise men, they gave gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave gifts to Jesus. Traveled over 800 miles and gave something away. People that I know that are really courageous, they're not trying to take something as an entitlement for their suffering. Oh, woe is me. They're not taking that attention. They're not taking something from anybody as an entitlement for this something. They give the best of what they have away. They continue to give of their love, of their time, and their attention, and their resources, even in the midst of their junk that they are facing. You probably know people like that. And you think, how in the world can they do that? How in the world can this person who's, who's fighting cancer still have the strength to do this and give themselves away? How can someone who's, uh, who's, who's fighting things such as miscarriages or fighting things such as family members passing away and, and tragedies like that. How can someone who's, who's facing those things still give themselves away in love and attention and time to others in a gracious way? They're walking in their trials and their unplanned events with courage. They're walking courageously forward. How do you know you're walking in courage? You give something away. Just like the wise men. You give something away. You watch for the signs. You're ready for an adventure. And you give something away. When you understand that all things work together for those who love God, then you can approach the unplanned surprises with great courage. You know, Mary and Joseph, they were not clueless. They understood the scripture as, as angels let them know and, and they connected the dots. They were not just curious. Because if they were just curious, Mary would have stayed at home. You know, Mary didn't have to go with Joseph to Bethlehem. She didn't. The man had to. But she didn't have to. And but she courageously went forward. She courageously walked forward. As I bring this to a close, a close let me ask you this very, very important question. In, in regard to your relationship with Jesus, which one of these best describes you today? Are you clueless like the crowd, not really knowing much about Jesus. 
You're just kind of walking through life and all of the unplanned things, the junk, the trials, and everything, and you're just clueless. You're not understanding that there's a God in heaven, even in the midst of your stuff, there's a God in heaven who wants to have a relationship with you, but you're clueless. In fact, you got to the point to where you're so clueless that you blame God for those things. And that is just not right. That's bad theology. And so I want to encourage you, don't be like the crowd. Don't be clueless. Understand that God loves you. God sent his son for you to die for you to take away your sin, the things that you have done in your life, to just say, Lord, I've done some major stuff in my life and I just, I just wanna give it to you. I surrender it all to you. Or maybe, maybe you are just curious. You're curious like the shepherds as you piece together the things that God may be showing you and telling you through other people. Maybe you're starting to piece things together. It's like, okay, you're curious. I mean, there, there's probably people sitting here today because you're curious. You saw this sign, Lake Point Church, with an arrow, and you're curious. I wonder what that's like. Maybe I should go there. Or you're curious about what God is doing in your life. You could be thinking right now, hmm, I'm curious about what the pastor is saying to me right now. Maybe you're like the shepherds. You're curious. You're searching. You're trying to find Jesus. You, you hear God speaking to you through people, circumstances, events, signs, wonders, and you are just trying to find him. Let me tell you something. Look at me. If you are like a shepherd and you're curious, well, today you found Jesus. He's here. He's right here in this place. The answer you have been waiting for is right here. So, are you clueless? Are you curious? Or you could be courageous, like the wise men, ready to go on an adventure. Ready to leave where you are, you've been watching for the signs, you're like, yes, this is it, and I'm ready to, to move from where I am to where God wants me to be, and I'm ready to give something away. I'm ready to not make it about me, I'm ready, ready to give something away, my time, my abilities, whatever it is, my love, I'm ready to do that. Now, you could be sitting here today and have never accepted Christ as, as your Savior. Maybe you have moved from the, crowd, the clueless crowd to a curious shepherd. You're curious and you're here today, and now you're like, you know, God is telling me to be courageous. I need to step over that line of faith, and I need to choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to be courageous, and it doesn't matter what my family thinks, my friends think. It doesn't matter who I need to put out of my circle because of the influences in their life. It doesn't matter. I need to be courageous. And maybe that's you today. Maybe God is saying, I want you to walk courageously, I've shown you signs, 
and it's time for you to move forward. I've shown you my love. I've died for you on the cross. I've already forgiven you. All you got to do is confess, believe in me, invite me into your life, and let's go on an adventure together. Are you courageous? And maybe you are a believer. Maybe you accepted Christ when you were, Christ when you were little. Maybe you were a child and you got baptized and you're like, you know, Frank, I'm nowhere near where I feel like God wants me to be. Maybe it's time that you go from where you are to where you need to be and you be courageous. It's like, I need to get right with God. I know what that looks like. I used to be like that, and I need to get right with the Lord. I need to be courageous. You know, Jesus was courageous. Jesus was courageous. There's no courageous person more than Jesus that ever walked on this earth. He left his heavenly home, lived a sinless life, willingly laid down his life on the cross for you, for the sins, for your sins, for my sins, the sins of the entire world. He courageously took the beatings on his back, the crown of thorns, the nails in his hands and his feet. He courageously took those things willingly for you. He walked in courage, and he's asking you to do the same thing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I know we all go through junk. There are probably several of you today who are walking in unplanned things in your life. And you're like, Frank, what does this mean? What is God trying to tell you? God is speaking to you. Don't walk as a clueless crowd member. Even move beyond just being a curious shepherd. Walk courageously towards him. So here's my, here's my challenge to you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're sitting here today, you're saying, Frank, I need to walk courageously towards something, whether it be walking towards Christ for the very first time or walking from where you are to where God wants you to be, even if you are a believer. If that is you here today, no one, no one looking around, I'm not going to ask you to stand up and I'm not going to ask you to come forward, just no one looking around, just raise your hand. Say, I just need to move forward from where I am for where God wants me to be. Yes. Yes. If you have raised your hand, if you're, if you're one of those people who, are, who are, have never accepted Christ as Savior, and it's finally time for you to do that, you need to say a prayer that goes something like this. You just repeat after me, say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe that you're God's son. Please forgive me my sin. Please come into my life and be Lord of my life. Help me to live for you. And if you're sitting here today and you, you are a believer, just say a simple prayer on your own. Just say, God, help me to walk in courage where you are calling me to be. Help me to walk courageously forward, to watch for the signs, to give something away and be ready for the adventure 
you have set for me.